Welcome to the Lyrical Ones. Here we go again. Wow. Oh, yeah, we, here. we here, man. Uh, damn, bruh. I'm, I'm alive. I'm happy. Figo Navarro, that is my name. I'm with my brother, Sinio. I'm here with Cross. I'm here with Alex Osborne. You know what yeah. I'm saying? He's always in motion. West coasting. And I'm not trying to be rude, but I will be sending these text messages as we discuss. But I'm also taking notes, mental notes. Y'all, how do y'all feel about the show? Thoughts? Recap? Let's get it. Yeah, so for those that don't know, we just wrapped up Paradigm Rhymes. We had an event. Um, you know, the paradigm shift was happening. We were, you know, fusing together many communities in one. So we went from having, you know, lyrical opposition being represented to Sunset Youth Services being represented to then having Upstar Records be represented. So it was definitely a communal effort. You know, we had some guest speakers come through. I think it was Johnny Travis. We had Kirk Davis. And, you know, we were we were talking about many things, right, from entrepreneurialism to spirituality to kind of the all-encompassing, you know, mood of Juneteenth. We are recording this on June 19th right now. The time is 9.43. So, you know, this is a historic moment. We're trying to capture the energy of what's going on. And, you know, we just wrapped up the event. So, you know, for me, I'm going to be real. Like, I was a little scattered because I was like, you know, I was trying to trying to – play multiple roles at once but it was really fun i ended up enjoying it i liked how you know we had so much different kind of uh like it wasn't so that the the artists performing were like focused on juneteenth it was more about let's celebrate each other and our artistry so we had a lot of different performances of a lot of different types of content and i liked how we were able to segue between you know kind of the light to the heavy to the you know kind of almost abstract to some degree, but, you know, kind of the, the constant thing for me that I took away from it was it really fell on love. Like, you know, mm -hmm. varieties of love, right? Like whether it's your spiritual love, your personal love, romantic love, your friendship and solidarity, like all these different topics were touched. And I think love was like for me to common thread. So, you know, what do y'all think about mm -hmm. what were the common themes for you and what you saw and what you experienced in this event? Yeah, I definitely feel like it was um, about relational love and how we related to each other, um, just like that shared human condition, how everybody is in a space where they're feeling a lot of different things right now and felt like a safe place for everybody to kind of share that, um, where everybody was listening intently, uh, people's voices were heard, like the chat was blowing up, and that was very that was very cool to see just like everybody being intentional about giving feedback about encouragement and it really just felt like a, a community even though even though it's crazy so i'm i'm in oakland right now i'm by the lake and all i hear is fireworks every which way um but again when you talk about community i never i have never seen the juneteenth celebrated like this in the town um where talk about like love is palpable no cops not didn't see one cop outside and no problem everything's civil not just civil but peaceable everything was friendly um and for all the bad raps that folks you know try to give to oakland um it looked like family outside and that's really what i got in the room it's like we had a we had a large group of people in tonight into the show tonight and i was really cool to see just everyone it's funny because a lot of people were 
they weren't sharing their videos, but it looked like everybody was commenting. Everybody was in the chat. Um, applauses, thumbs ups, snaps, bars, fire, quotes. And we talk about just like relational love and that though I may not understand, I can, I can relate to you having feelings mm. and I can accept those feelings and just being able to listen, especially the young folks that came in early, everybody's real, real receptive to them and, you know, and it wasn't just gassing them was like really paying attention to what they were saying um, and letting themselves be impacted by those words. And that was really cool to see. Word, word. Cross. Yeah, yeah, it was really good to, um, yeah, I had different feels of this event, but as far as like the, the talent, like Kayla starting it off was, was great, you know, short, two short pieces that were quality and they hit well. And then love the audible with uh, Lexi going in, sharing some singing. She, her vocals are always good to hear. Um, yeah, Gaia, like that was a highlight right there when, when Gaia was performing, everybody was affirming her and she genuinely like was feeling that it was almost like you're, you're like giving somebody energy, like in a video game, there's like HP and she's like at 20 out of a hundred. It just went like, it felt, it seemed like that, you know? Beautiful, yeah. And then, um, yeah, just Johnny Travis, Johnny Faze, State of Flux, like, that's the first time we ever had some entrepreneurship, like business talk on anything LO related, you know, and that was, it was always arts or justice, you know, I mean, you know, like business can be a form of arts and justice as well, but just to be intentional about like inspiring and motivating people. Well, yeah, definitely, to- definitely given time, giving him time on stage was the first time, like, cause that's usually we just have vendors, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Rymo for that. You know, he reached out to him. Um, you know, they go way back. And yeah, dude, I'm a fan of Johnny's work, man. I've like definitely gone to the face store when it was on 21st. And uh, now they're, you know, state of flux up in Valencia. So yeah, yeah really, really memorable evening tonight. And I think I the know, kids man. needed to hear that. And and here it goes. Actually, let, let's let's go to it, man. Here goes the clip of Johnny Travis. All right, that was just a, that, that was just a <laughs> Oh, that's the entry just in case you want to do that. This <laughs> just faded to his interview. Hey, that might be the move. Actually, you talk about production value with Cineo's talking about, you know, being behind the boards. Hey. Hey, that for might sure, be the sure. Back like the regularly scheduled programming. You want to set that up? You want another alley oop on that or nah? Nah. Yeah, maybe like we can improve it. Okay. Know? All right. Well, yeah. Yeah, you, you do it, man. You, 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 you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm the, I'm just the producer. Why am I talking? No, nah, it's good. All like, in nah, the videos. Nah, I should all, be the all in the videos. And do it. Yeah, do it. Christian, Christian, that one was good. Yeah, figure do another one so we could, you know, so we could choose from it. But Christian, yours was smooth though. Your transition was smooth. It, it was no, a good intro. I'm gonna pass it right now though to El Capitan, my big brother, Ryan Easy. We have a special guest today in the Zoom. And I'll, I'll let Rymo talk on it, speak on it a bit more. For sure, yeah. Before I do anything, I just want to wish everybody, you know, a happy Juneteenth. You know what I mean? Um, standing in solidarity with all of y'all. Um, 
all love to our youth that's present right now. Um, this shows the strength of our community, like that we're here virtually, you know what I mean? This is the kind of stuff we do on the regular together. So for everyone that's here right now to be a part of it, it's, it's, I'm, I'm so like humbled and grateful that you guys are present. Some people had work all day. Some people grinded it out. Some people, you know, they would pipe down to their last dollar. Some people came up, but we here together. And, and, I, and I love that, that y'all here. And um, I, I, the person I want to introduce next is somebody that I admire for the simple fact that I want to, I want to celebrate the successes of our fellow brothers and sisters in the community that's doing things. You know, um, this is the homie uh, Johnny Travis. He goes by Johnny Faze. Um, he's on the streetwear clothing line you know, for, I want to say over a decade, I heard about Johnny through my wife, uh, Cheryl, back in the day. She was like, yeah, my homie, uh, Johnny was was whipping things up back in the day and making like dope clothes and dope art. And I got to meet Johnny, like fast forward, like in person, I want to say over the years, like I want to say like 0203 in passing. Then I seen him at like streetwear, um, like um, events. And um, you might've seen his, his face all through the city, people rocking it from here to Oakland, everywhere, that the brand is big. And for people to have ownership and to own things in the world right now is, is one of the biggest things you can do for yourself and for your community. So I wanted our young people to see, you know, somebody in the flesh put a face to the success of what's going on. So, you know, I'm gonna uh, introduce the homie Johnny right quick, man. Um, everyone give it up for Johnny one time, yo. What's up, everybody? How y'all doing? Uh, happy Juneteenth, I appreciate uh the homie bringing me on to speak to everybody today. Um, yeah, we. Um, I'm a SF native. Just to kind of give a little background about myself, uh, born and raised here, kind of grew up in Visitation Valley, uh, originally from Geneva Towers, uh, which is no longer here. Uh, but I grew up near the Cow Palace. Um, single, raised by mom, by my mom. My, my father wasn't there um, in my life, so single, single parent household. Uh, so from statistics, like the odds were kind of against me uh, from the gate, but I didn't really let that, you know, deter me. And my mom was a good support system um, and she did everything she can for my sister and I uh, to make it possible to, you know, that we can have a better life. Um, so, you know, coming up, I actually, you know, I, I graduated from San Francisco State. I was fortunate to be able to, to, to go to San Francisco State and, and uh, measured, measured in business. Um, i always been into fashion. I knew Cheryl from from high school, and even in in high school, I was like always into fashion. Not really like a uh, a crazy name brand guy, but just like into fashion and knew about aesthetics and how stuff look. And as a junior in high school, I kind of wanted to have a fashion brand, but it materialized much later, like actually my senior year of uh, of college and and finishing school and everything. And I started Phase. Uh, with a couple business partners of mine in uh, 2007, so the end of 2007. And when we started the industry, we had no idea about clothing or anything like that. Um, had no idea about it. So everything, we were coming in fresh. When we started, I didn't know anybody that had a store or had a brand that I can come and talk to and ask questions. We just knew we wanted to do it and we just kind of just did it. And, um, you know, we basically would just set up anywhere they would have let us set up. Now it's the, the catchphrase pop-ups now, but it wasn't a pop-up back then. You know, you just basically just set up at a bar or like a club and you sell your teas and just set up and sell. So we kind of like worked our way up with that. Um, 
and started getting a little bit of recognition. And then like five years into running the brand, we were like fortunate, you know, we kind of built up and took the plunge and opened up a flagship store here in the Mission District. Uh, so we opened up in 2012, in the 2012, and that brand phased, and we were running that store phase for a good seven years. And um, we eventually uh, sold our brand phase and recently embarked on this new journey, uh, State of Flux. Um, so State of Flux, we have this new shop here on Valencia Street. I'm actually here now. I actually didn't go home. I, I wanted to kind of stay here to kind of just get on this, this Zoom, you know, get on this call and kind of they want to get on the road and head home now. But uh, it's been good. We still opened up here in October. And this particular space here, uh, State of Flux, is, is broken up into three components. So we have like our retail shop which we have our in-house brand and then we uh, carefully curate uh, other brands from all over the world. Like a lot of the brands that we carry, you can't find them at any other shop in San Francisco. And then like the second part of our space is a workshop slash manufacturing area where we do a lot of our production. And we were planning to do like uh, hosting workshop classes and stuff like that to give people an inside look of the, of the clothing industry. But that was kind of put on hold with the whole, whole COVID thing and the shelter in place and like limiting the capacity in the space. So eventually we'll get to that, but that's kind of been derailed for now, but we still use the space to, to manufacture our stuff. Um, and then the back space is actually a photo studio where we shoot the product. So eventually at some point too, we want to like kind of open it up to photographers and other creatives to use the space as well, you know? So it's just like an all, all encompassing space to kind of bring the creative community together. Um, we're pretty embedded in the community with, with the previous brand phase. And, um, you know, we, we host like uh, food drives and, and things of that nature. And a lot of like art, local artists, we kind of bring brought in into the, to the store and gave them their first showcases in our shop, um, which is a good thing. You know, like I'm not from the mission district, but my thing was when we kind of got established here, I grew up coming to the mission. And when we got established here, I wanted to make sure we gave back to the, to the surrounding community so right now, when we, we actually just took, this is the first week that we've been back since the shelter in place. So we haven't been able to open our store since and we just opened up. But like during this whole shelter in place situation, we actually have to pivot our business a little bit to like manufacturing face masks for people because it was a shortage uh, with face masks. So we were pretty busy with that. And the thing that was pretty good about that is that uh, for every face mask that people purchase, we actually donate it to a local essential worker. So we just went up and down the street and donated to people that are actually still, that were actually still working during the shelter in place. Um, again, to kind of just give back to the community and, and show our support and, and solidarity with people out here. You know, we're all going through this and that's what kind of state of flux, I mean, that's what it represents. I mean, we're living in the state of flux. So our brand was, you know, it was, I guess it's prophetic in that, in that sort of sense, but it was built for situations like this, like in life, there's ups and downs and how you approach those ups and downs determines your character. Um, it's either you bounce back or you fall back. And for us, like considering we just opened up in October and then we got hit with this, like, you know, we we're determined. So we have to keep pushing forward and find a way. And uh, we were fortunate enough that we have a good support system and a lot of people that kind of mess with the movement and, and what we have going and, we're barely scratching the surface and, you know, we just want to just give back and inspire other people. And along this street, uh, Valencia is like one of the, the largest, I, I believe it is the largest uh, independent uh, retail 
corridor in the United States. Um, and for us to be a black and brown owned business in this area, if I can inspire kids that are coming into my shop to, to inspire them, inspire them that they can do something bigger than me, then, you know, my job is done. It's always been that from phase and into this too. If they can see somebody that kind of looks like them, that's able to kind of start their own thing and, and build something from the ground up, like that's powerful. You know, like, like I said, when I was coming up and trying to start a brand, I didn't know anybody that had a brand that I can go in and be like, oh, that person is like me or he's from where I'm from. Like it was really not that. So all the kids that, are, that, that go to school, you know, at Mission and all the kids that we've kind of seen grow up, grow up throughout the years, it's just being that inspiration and that beacon of hope for them to, to come in and do their thing. So, yeah. I mean. Thank you, Johnny. I appreciate it, man. Um, yeah. Thank you for uh, giving your time and giving them the game right quick. Cause um, we work with a lot of youth that um, inspire to um, motivate to want to own like a streetwear brand, whether it's through like their music or branching off, but it's that, it's that business that uh, a lot of us are lacking and not knowing about. Everyone has the bright ideas, but, you know, ideas, nothing without the execution, man. So I've seen you grow, like, over the years. Back when I was doing the PR for One True Soul, like, I see you just, like, zoop, you know. And I just want to thank you for, like, you know, for, for spreading that wisdom with us. But um, one last question I have for you is, if you have any advice for our young people, what what would it be? You know what I mean? If they wanted to make it in the street where it if this is if this is something that you want to do like just make sure you got a passion for it and uh just keep pushing for it i mean when if you got a passion for something you know like a lot of times with this with this not all this generation but a lot of times with like instagram and the social media aspects like everything is instantaneous and you know i've had some people you know come up to me young and old come up to me like oh man how do you how did you do this? What do you get this made? Or what do you do this X, Y, and Z? And like, to me, that's, I put my last, I put the last 12 years of my life into this. Like for someone to just come in and ask that kind of question without even having no, any kind of rapport with me or, or what I'm doing, like that's kind of a slap in my face. That's just like me going up to a barber that's dedicated his life to the craft and saying, teach me everything you know right here and right now without putting in the work. So my advice is just, if you're really passionate about something, just go out and do it and, and push it, push it as hard as you can. And, you know, you're going you're gonna, to, you know, you're going to see some setbacks here and there, but don't let that deter you. You know, not every day is rosy, but you got to be able to pick yourself up and bounce back and make it happen. So that's, that's like the main advice is just to keep pushing and keep going forward if you have a passion for something. Hard oh, word. Thank you. Thank you, Johnny. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate it, brother. Yeah. And I got to stop by. Uh, <laughs> man, I got some dope gear at Phase, and it's dope now, uh, you know, being able to see the new store right on Valencia. Um, so, yeah, man, salute to you, Johnny. Appreciate you, bro. No doubt. Uh, man, for those that are here, we have a variety of artists. Um, we just have Johnny entrepreneur, business owner, San Francisco native, uh, speak about his business. So it's an honor to be in this space. Real. Now that we know that's a thing, moving forward, let's do that. Across yeah. that's a, <laughs> this one, like, you the inaugural, like, remember the first time LO decided to do a segue? <laughs> <laughs> right. 2020, June 19th. So yeah, yeah like, June 19th segues. 
you know, real. Hey, you understood the, the video game analogy of the energy going up. Like expand on that because you know, in, in some way I'm I'm all two K and shooting games to so, be honest. So, you know, just to kinda expand on it like you ever you ever play a, a sports game and your character like ends up getting in the zone or ends up getting Oh yeah, when he got yeah, they're on fire. That's what she was doing. She was in word, word. Okay. She was it was from us giving her that energy that she got lit up. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Crazy to watch her be so elated and joyous off of like the feedback she was getting, you know, like she really took it in and you could tell like she was ready. She was like, I'll spit another version if you need me to. But you know, it was like it was it was beautiful to see that happen where it was organic and it wasn't like right. there wasn't nothing forced about it, you know what I'm saying? But it was where the artist feel that sense of validation and and have it come from the audience. Right on. Yeah. No, I dude, I was once again, and I tell you this all the time, the the work we do align with our passion for the art, you know what I'm saying? And being able to bring those two worlds together, that's that's what it's about. So oh I don't take back having them open up first. I think it worked out. You know what I'm saying? Like cause I was uh, I was thinking to do the back and forth that we did on the last one where, you know, you pick one and then we pick and I was like this time I was like, you know what? These are literally my youth that I work with. Let me really celebrate them as I introduce them. And then we'll transition into the next point. There was a little audible with Kurt going right after um, Johnny. But even with that, I felt like it, it meshed well. Um, and yeah, man, moving forward, we definitely like need to go through a run through. But hey, I'm not trying to be like, uh, oh, yeah, I think we did great. Is what I'm trying to get at. Like, I don't think it was noticed as like, we weren't prepared or whatever. I think we rolled with the punches. Oh, definitely. Like it definitely came across well. Like I, I enjoyed it. Just being able to the moments that I could sit back and watch it, like, yeah. it was, like no, no question about it, you know. And I feel like there was an energy shift when we had when we went from Johnny Travis to then having Kurt. Like mm. it, was, it was purposeful, even if it wasn't planned. Like it still yeah. it gave a yeah. certain like, okay, now we're gonna go from this from like. We're going from the blue to the red or, you know. Mm. So I think it was dope to kind of see how that transition happened. And, um, you know, I, I think it's dope to have, you know, more entrepreneurs come and speak out and just kind of, you know, the importance of the the almighty dollar, if you will, and how that plays a role in change. Because, you, know, you know, them bars right there, double entendres, you know, almighty. Dude, I thought he was going to go in. No, I thought he was too. You feel me? I'm really out here, bro. I'll be spitting these bars, but people don't really, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Models, he, I, but anyways, he just left. He just left us hanging. I thought. I know. I was like, wait, what's the next one? Okay. But um, no, it was it was dope to see that, like, cause I, to me it was like, it immediately wanted to talk about like, you know, the importance of being an entrepreneur and having your own, like a piece of your own. Like, you know, like you don't like this was this was actually something that I put on my Twitter. I was like, the road to boycotting Amazon and In-N-Out leads to Oakland. And the reason why I said that is because when I think of the like the the population of Black-owned businesses and supporting Black-owned businesses, I feel like I got to go to Oakland because it's hard to do it in the city. Mm, yeah. you know, we, we're from SF. We try to wrap SF to the best of us. Yeah. But in terms of really being able to support Black-owned businesses to the degree that you could in Oakland, it's not the same. Right. So to have a black man from the city who's from from where we all come from and talk about 
having his own storefront and really being able to like, you know, let's 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 highlight that. Like let's talk about it. You know, because he gave a perspective that was it was general and I appreciated it, but I was ready to be like, Man, I wanna hit him with twenty one questions like Yeah, yeah. Black man who's grown up in this city, you know, knowing that the population has been cut in half for the black people that live here over the course of like forty years. What does that mean to you and how does that look? And how do you feel about having a store and being able to represent for the people that's still here? You know what I'm saying? Like, because those, I mean, you know, me, I'm going to come with that head heavy content and really come with, you know, those 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 data points. But, you know, that's something people don't even realize is that when you look at the population in San Francisco, the only one that's been cut in half or less than half is the black and african-american population and so it's crazy to know there's a black man who's not only had one storefront but now has another storefront because when i grew up i remember san bruno avenue like they had the hip-hop shop they used to sell all the clothes and the music right there next to round tables and then you could go down the street around the corner on silver to bell's market right. and then yeah, you across the street from there and get your nike hoodie with your with your like independent CD or tape, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that was for me cash money era. So I'm running up in all those stores like, look, I got 15 bucks, let me get that tape. So, but now that's, that's gone. Like, that's, that doesn't exist. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Talk about, you know, growing up in, in the, I guess you could call it the, the Southern East side of the city. But it's like, you think about Third Street and the corridor of businesses that are no longer there that were black owned to now, like, Oakland kind of has that movement to some degree. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, to, to even hear what Alex is saying about being in Oakland right now and hearing fireworks go off and the amount of, like, kind of joy and love out there. I'm like, the road to boycotting Amazon and in and out And I'm, I'm calling it out. I'm calling it out for what it is, right? Amazon, we got a billionaire in the house who don't want to help nobody. And then we got in and out who, you know, one of their, their lead people is helping fund a regime that I don't agree with and I can't get behind. So my protein style double doubles have come to a miraculous end for the meantime. And I'm going to be eating my tacos up and down mission while I can get my pupusas on wherever I can, because I'm not going to be supporting anybody who's going to take my dollars and support mm. the team that ain't going to represent me. So, you know, Talk about I did, I did drive right by that exit the other day like I'm not gonna do it it's interesting it's interesting though because folks folks think folks think I live in Oakland because they see me out here but it's like if I'm gonna find the black people I gotta go to where they at mm. everybody everybody that's black in the city is is either working at home or doing the same stuff they was doing 20 years ago yeah <laughs> my guy, you back. <laughs> man, like Sunil, you know, but um it's it's wild because if we because if we move out of the city, then it won't be nobody good there. And so like I'm fighting to not bring, you know, to not start a business in Oakland. And I and I'm always with that that dichotomy of I could go out there and support, you know, all the folks you know, have a place and place of service out there. They can support me. I can support them. I can help them out. But I don't want to let go of the city and and what we what we started, what I learned here. 
like my grandmother was an entrepreneur and I see entrepreneurs as the real creatives that read in between the lines in school and said that I'm not going to just follow and regurgitate the information that you gave me, but I'm going to take what I've learned, gather more, take what my experiences, gather more, and then blaze something new, trailblaze something new um, from my experience and take, take these different blueprints and make up my own instead of following your, your code, your system, your rhetoric, uh, your meritocracy, that I'm only worthy if I produce a grade, I'm only worthy at my ability to regurgitate the information that you, that you give it to me, which, you know, 80% of it is, is the truth, maybe, maybe 50% um, when it comes to literary um, works to when it comes to, it's like, it's crazy. Like, can you really say you get an education in literature when you like, you shrink it down to this much and say, we're gonna give, only give you certain authors to learn about. We're not gonna give you no know, authors that may have a voice that's similar to yours um, or, the, or the rest of the class, just even, you know, the 20 kids in the class is black, brown, and uh, Asian. You might not, you know, you might not get no author that, that has a name like yours or has a voice like yours. It's like, are you really giving them liter, you know, literary knowledge? You know, are you really giving them history? It's like, it's no dark side of history. Y'all literally just cutting it out altogether um, and not teaching it. Um, but it's a, it's a struggle I think to to fight to find that that financial um, literacy, um, whether you in the Bay or anywhere else, right? Because just like folks, you know, have to fight to learn it. And like, if you don't have parents, if you don't have cousins, if you don't have entrepreneurs around you that's teaching you, then it has to some has to be. You have to be exposed to it to want to learn it, right? It's like. If you don't know of Africa, you're not gonna want to travel there. If you don't know of Asia, you're not gonna want to travel there. If you don't know of um, Central America, you're not gonna want to travel there. It's not gonna be on your radar for you to even venture in that direction. It's the same thing with business. It's the same thing with entrepreneurship. It's like if I don't know that I can build something myself, why would I even venture to even think about it? Yeah. Why would I even ha why would I even dream about it? Mm. If I don't, if no one shows me that I can, if I don't see it around anywhere. Oh, that's real. I mean, you know, the, what's crazy about that is that the other me, right, without the mask, I'm teaching youth about, you know, what it means to, you know, what what do we talk about in terms of your money, how you use it, how you spend it, what's your habits, right? And you know, I'm doing this at a high school and I get to see what they're learning and it's nothing like that, right? It's never about that. It's never about the most practical use of math, which is you got money, now what you gonna do with it, right? And then even go back to what you were saying about like being in Oakland, like I'm all for wherever you can establish yourself and create a foundation that's firm, that's gonna bring you wealth. To me, the idea is, okay, if that's gonna be your base, how can you grow it enough so it makes sense to come back home because it doesn't always have to be, I'm going to start here and finish here. Sometimes it's 
let me see when I could come back when it makes sense, you know, because it's like right now the city is going through this this uh, transitional phase where people are breaking their leases, they're moving out, they're going all over the place because mm-hmm. they the they don't really love it. They we talked about it last time, right? You can't hate it unless you really love it, and they yeah, never right. really loved it. They lusted after it. They were infatuated with that it. Part. Yeah. But they weren't in love with it. Like we in love with it. We're the ones having these compromising conversations where I was like, do I start a business in Oakland? Cause I really want to do it in the city, but I don't know how much it makes sense. Whereas they are like, Oh, I can't meet with my investor. All right. Then I'm moving. I'm going back home. I'm going to New Jersey. I'm going to Russia. I'm going to, I'm going back to the far ends of the world or I'm going to go to LA. And it's like, okay, but for us, you've now created this opportunity where, okay, maybe it might make sense seeing how the yeah. game goes, seeing how it plays out. Maybe I do find a way to get what I want, my piece of the pie here in my home. Because the other part I like to bring up is like with financial literacy, there's a big thing around debt. And when it comes to communities of color, we can all attest, debt is like a death sentence, right? It's like, as soon as you in debt, it's like, all right, let's not answer the phone. Let's avoid it. Let's not talk about it. Let's not break it down. Let's not go deeper into it. Generational curses. I mean, yeah. And the thing is, is that like what people don't realize is most people who generate wealth have a comfort level with debt that we just don't, we don't even have an understanding of. We don't even have a a, a glimpse into because, you know, I can tell you how many entrepreneurs I've talked to who are successful and all the stories start to line up after a while where it's like, yeah, I was $30,000 in debt. I had to put my house up for sale. Yeah, I had to, I went for broke. And then I broke over and I started to be successful. And it's like, what? And I'm like, bro, I got school debt and I, I'm, I'm trying to pay off these college loans. Like, and they're like, yeah, yeah, that's nothing. Like take out a loan and go for broke. And I'm like, what you mean? Take out a loan and go for broke. If you really believe in your business, you'll do anything to see it be successful. And I'm like, you say that, but you don't know what it's like to be me. Cause I'm like me being alive is success enough. I'm like, that's pressure enough. So for me, that collector on my head, come on now, bro. And <laughs> that's why it's important to see entrepreneurs that look like us that came from the same place we came from because before they made that decision, they was us, right? They was before they made that decision and went for that loan and applied for that loan. They was doing the same thing and just surviving. They was just making it. They was just keeping their head above water. Till they dropped their head in and went down and looked for what they what they dug, they dug deeper, right? They went deeper. And they said, Well, I gotta I can't breathe for a little bit. I gotta drown in this debt. But I'm gonna build something that I can stand on above the water. Yeah. Oh, you're right about that. I mean, and that's 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 what you know, you write like the exposure to financial literacy. Like I'm, I'm attempting to do that now. Like, thankfully the other me has been able to support youth in being able to start their own businesses. You know, they're now have their own websites. They have their own merchandise. I've been able to buy it. Um, one of them has a store, he's doing multiple things. He's a rapper. He's a rock artist. He's a producer and he has clothing merchandise that he's designed. And he's been able to like create this kind of, dual artistry kind of existence where he's like one side is rock where he's selling it to hardcore rock people and then the hip-hop side he's like got these trap beats with the you know animation on loop where it's on youtube where it's like all these type beats so it's like 
the entrepreneurial game is not difficult. It's just that you're right. Like if you're not exposed to it, how are you ever going to get in the game? Right. If you never, if no one gives you the chance to practice and to familiarize yourself, right? Like imagine being 18 and someone telling you, yeah, like you could go for broke right now because the, the lessons you'll learn right now will benefit you so much more later than someone who's like, oh, well now I've, I've had a job. I have some financial security and now I'm going to venture into this role versus when I'm young and dumb and I could just be like, you know what, let me cut off all this money that I might cut off on clothes or I might cut off on, on weed or whatever your, your vices of the day. And so, you know, me being able to intervene in a young person's life right now and have that influence to be like, oh yeah, you could get a Fiverr account and get somebody to design your logo for 15 bucks. You can go and, and start up your, your website and you could start being on Bandcamp and selling your stuff directly to people. That's a totally different conversation, right? Like I tell kids who want to do clothing companies, I'm like, okay, what kind of clothing company do you want to start? And are you willing to go around the whole city and ask everybody who does t-shirts what they what the price is and then do a price check of like who gives you the bang for your buck? And you know, but that isn't taught every day in class. What's usually taught is, you know, 1492, Christopher Columbus sells the ocean blue. And that fool. So we had to knock that statue down. You know, it's that time. Folks about to be exposed. More statues about to go down too. You know, because America is now facing the truth. They are, everything will come to the light. You know what I mean? So if y'all want to get prophetic, the, it, the light is on a lot of things that they were just shoving, you know, like they were cleaning it up and throwing it under the table. So now we've seen all the dirt, all the germs is all coming out. Oh, you're right. You're right about you know? that. It's a crazy time. That it is, man. But I like the uh, the salami. What's the brand? Columbus. And I'm really torn because, like, <laughs> I mean, am I? I don't know. I don't. Maybe you guys are vegetarian, and I know Alex. You're like really healthy. Um, but do you have you tried the Columbus, the salami brand? I said that backwards, but you know what I mean. I mean, <laughs> real. Go ahead. Go ahead, Cindy. No, one is like I think that is a San Francisco brand, which even makes it even more conflicting. Like, Wait, it's it was created here? Yeah, or it's based out of here? You think they're connected to the statue that went up a while ago? Like, you talking about the sandwich meat, right? You talking yeah. about the, yeah, 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 back yeah. in Safeway or wherever? Yep, yep, yep. And it has like, and it has bro on the cover, like. Yeah, and it's like. You know, I need to know who's the owner, how this came to be. You know, what we could do to work this out. Like, can we like? I don't know. Like, like we, what are we going to do? We're going to run up that safe way and just start tearing up the. I say you don't do it, man. I mean, yeah, I, probably won't I, make I kick the habit, try to go local, more local, market or meatpacking district. Yeah, just try to convert that money into another business that you would support. Yo, like, I want, well, you want to talk about supporting businesses. I want to highlight Whole Foods and Trader Joe's because we all love those spaces. And you love your organic vegetables, but we got to see what's up with my primos that have to, you know, pick up those vegetables in order for you to enjoy them. What, what's up? How are they getting treated? Are they getting paid the proper wages? You know, I think, uh, yeah, man, there's so many angles and areas in which we could uh, start shedding light in the injustice. Because, you know what I'm saying? When it comes to food, that's a whole different conversation, too. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I grew up with just a bunch of liquor stores nearby and... Uh, I love hot Cheetos. What can I say? 
It's all about convenience, man. Like, yeah, it's nearby. You feel me? Are you going to be convenient and go to the convenience store, liquor store, Whole Foods, Trader Joe's? Or are you going to drive hella far to go to the farmer's market in traffic and look for parking? Right. I took a family member to Whole Foods and he was like, oh, you're eating like white people. And it, it saddened me. I was like, wait, what? No, I, I want to eat healthier. Like, and if you really balance the, the prices, it ends up actually being more beneficial going here because health is wealth. But we're not taught that, you know what I mean? And yeah, yeah. but they're supporting the devil because Amazon owns Whole Foods. So what you going to do, bruh? So shout out to La Loma. Shout out to La Loma Produce on San Bruno Avenue. All right, man, speak in on the city. For real. What's you know, hit, up your, hit up your local hey, Latin-owned uh, produce spot. You know, that's that's where it's it, at. Thank you. Get it, get it, get it first. You know, get it first before it hit the streets. Get it first, you know, before it get off the truck in the produce district. You know, the folks that's really out there doing the work, you know, trying to provide for their families, trying to keep, you know, their businesses open. Um, also, real quick, we're gonna shout out. You know, talk about financial literacy. Got a mm -hmm. shout out to uh, Lyrical Opposition Zone, Jermaine Hughes, out of the yeah, town. Jermaine Hughes, Mr. Mr. Woke Not Broke. Check out his book, Woke Not Broke. Um, is it? I think it's one of those. You know, a great concept that you can be aware of what's going on around you financially and in the corporate world and in the business world, but you don't have to be broke just because you're aware of, you know, the way that companies try to take advantage of you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's really important. Do you guys uh, partake in the, what's it called? Uh, the market of stocks and, you know what I'm saying? Entering, see, see how uh, illiterate I am in this moment. It's all good. Um, it's all good. Yeah, um, but you guys purchase stocks and, and invest in things uh -huh. and, so it's yeah. funny, I've been working with, with a variety of people on, like, we've been experimenting with it, to keep it real, right? So, like, I'm going to tell you from a retirement perspective how, I, how I've dealt with it, right? Because uh, usually, if you, depending on where you work, if you work for a pretty large agency, they'll hit you with, like, you know, your standardized, like, oh, 401k, or I believe it's... Um, what is it, 501b or something? It's like, it's or 403b, I think it is. It's a 403. So... I work in nonprofit. They give me a retirement plan. They say, oh, yeah, because you work here and we got so many employees, we going to pull all the money together and we going to invest it so you can have money for your retirement later, right? So what does that mean? They're going to take a little bit of your check before taxes hit it, right? And they're going to say, okay, now what we're going to do is we're going to take that and put it with everyone else in this group. And we're going to use that to try and generate some more money, right? So how does that happen? So this is kind of a, vo a very horrible version, a very horrible version of how these things go. So you take some money and you put it in the stock market. Now, what does that mean? That means it is going into what we call the free market society, that is the United States, and sometimes internationally abroad. And what happens is, is companies use that money to invest in either new products or expansion or some type of like way to develop themselves, right? So like when you see a company like Amazon go from selling just books way back when to now they sell everything, that was because 
they were able to receive enough investor money to continue on, right? Because there's going to be bad times. There's going to be times when things are horrible. There's going to be times when you don't have it. And investor money, right? When there's a return on your investment, that means the company you put money in has made a profit and they're going to give you some of that profit back because you kind of said, all right, look, I'm giving you 10 bucks. Oh, we made a hundred out of that hundred. We're going to give you $2, right? So now you went from $10 to $12. Now somebody like Warren Buffett, who was like, you know what? Let me, let me see what happens when I play the slow game. I'm going to invest in a bunch of companies that have low stock, which means each stock or share or purchase is very cheap. So you buy a lot of it of a lot of different companies. One of those companies eventually, the hope is, is going to grow and going to expand. Is is that you being out? Is that your is that your signature? Is that I'm seeing? Oh, okay, okay. I'll oh, you oh you saying you thought you were throwing up the deuces? Oh, the pizza finger, fast finger, fingers, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah. One of those. One of those. But, one of but those companies. Just, so what I'm getting more dividends. What I'm gathering from this game of Monopoly is that it's 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 a gamble in some ways, you know? It's just literally like... It's a legal, legit gamble. Because yeah. what you're doing is you're saying, I'm going to bet on this company to succeed. And hopefully they're going to use my money to succeed. Mm. Now, that doesn't always happen. But if you do it enough, the thing is, this is kind of where the term diverse portfolio comes from, right? There's so many different industries. There's so many different ways to make money. And when you have an assortment of different shares of different companies you now have a diverse portfolio to where there's the potential that they're all going to grow right or a, or a, a, a group of them are going to grow to the point that it's going to generate profit now this is what happens people see the money start to come in and they pull out and if you don't you can leverage that for more what more money more wealth a higher credit line right like when you go to buy a house they're going to ask you what's your assets if you have investments in the stock market and you tell them oh well you know i have uh all these assets in the, in this like what they call liquid assets is the money you have right and kind of hard assets is like property and so sometimes stock can act as a hard asset or be somewhere in between because you're able to use that to create wealth or leverage the financial potential you have because if you were to pull your money out of the stock market right your money stops growing but if you were able to generate enough profit that means you could have went from having like a nike for example like i want to say 20 years ago it was like 15 bucks now it's like 90 bucks a share so that means if you got in 20 years ago on 15 dollars and you bought a bunch of shares you could then sell those under the market price for like 85 bucks, which is cheaper than what it's listed for, but you going to make hella money because why 15 to 85 is a huge gap. Now that's how the game goes. Most people would be like, Oh, let me go buy a share today. And then it makes $2. And then I'll be like, Oh, well now I went from buying it at 95 to selling it at 97. You only made $2 profit. That's not how the game goes. Right. Both not broke. Yeah. So it's like, you have to be smart and you have to be patient, right? You have to be like, okay, let me, let me get a little bit of everything. So with my retirement, what I did was instead of taking the standardized approach, what I did was I created a, a diverse kind of pool of what I'm going to go into, right? So they were like, oh, these are all the safe bets and these are the moderate and these are the high risk, right? Because we have to be honest, like 
technology is going to be treated as a high risk because it's like you see how iPhones go, it'd be like, they're the hottest thing. Oh, they broke. And with that, what happens? People are like, I'm gonna pull my investment and I'm gonna move it somewhere else, right? Like I don't want to invest in your company because I don't want to lose out on money. So for me, I was like, you know what? I'm going to play the long game. I know Apple going to take over the world. So I'm going to invest my little bit on this and I'm going to invest my little bit on that. So what I did was I decided, let me have low risk. Let me have moderate risk and let me have high risk and let me just take it and just leave it alone. And eventually it grew. It grew more substantial than my last job when I did the group retirement plan. Because why? This time I was like, you know what? I'm going to experiment and take the little bit of information that I know about the stock market and Warren Buffett and all these stories I hear. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to sit up there and I'm going to try it for myself. And you know, it's a risk, right? I could lose money or I could not get much on my, uh, on my retirement return. But for me, it was like, Oh, we, we jumping up right now. Uh, this ain't what I'm used to when I look at these statements, but it takes a level of engagement and it takes a level of like initiative and taking some self-education that people don't want to, you know, it's like, I don't know if I want to do that. And I'm like, let me tell you right now, bro, bro, it's a world out there that want to see me as a slave. And the last thing I'm going to do is let them put me in a cage. So what I got, I got to play that game. I got to figure it out. I got to make some mistakes and I've made enough mistakes to learn from it, to not be afraid to make mistakes. So, you know, when it comes to the stock market, man, right now, uh, cash app, I think is connected with acorns. And one of my, one of my close people, what we did was I was like, look, Say you get some money on your cash app, take a dollar and go spend it on the stock. And eventually he went from having like, what was it? $5 to now he's at like $15, but he invested the $5 to then make 10 more dollars. And now he's starting to see like, Oh, this is how the game go. And I'm like, yeah, think about it. You just took a couple dollars that you had, put it together. And now you're starting to create money. You flipped like, it, You flipped it. You know what I'm saying? And so, there's a lot of ways to do it from your phone. Like usually they want you to have a stockbroker, right? But these apps nowadays act as a stockbroker. And sometimes like they Robin do. Hood joint too, right? Robin Hood, y'all, yeah. Like there's a lot of them. Like people I go use Robin Hood. Yeah, yeah. Put it, put that, put that energy in there because. Why do you think they named it Robin Hood though? Because we don't steal from so these. From the rich. <laughs> yeah, all right, let's get to it. Get to the poor. You know? But it's, it's real. It's real out here in terms of like, People got to take that time and put the initiative. But in. they robbing the hood. Exactly, robbing the hood. They robbing the hood. We gonna rob it back. Like, come on now. No Batman and Robin though. I mean, you know, that's a different uh, game. I don't know. I was going with that. I lost it there. I mean, you was on a whole nother, you know, <laughs> branching path. Like, get the word of Robin, but let's be real, bro, bro. I mean, if you want. Hey, no, but it's interesting, right? Like naming an app Robin Hood, and then you hear the history and the story behind Robin Hood, and uh, you know the app revolves around money and currency and investing into different companies and hopes of receiving more money. And you know what I'm saying? I mean, if ain't nobody else going to say it, I'm going to say it to you, get your money. There's money out there in the world. Go get your money. Like the, this, this world has opportunities. And yeah. a lot of times we, they want to, they want to insulate us, right? Like yeah. Juneteenth, right? Let's talk about black wall street. Let's talk about a bunch of black millionaires who had, they're, they're pretty much their own capitalistic future halted by slaughter, by fire, by a bunch of people targeting them because they were rich. Like, mm. I don't know if anybody's seen the Dave Chappelle special, but yes, he highlights yeah. that, right? A, a yeah. black was rich, I believe it was in, in North or South Carolina, 
and they had a dispute over something small, but they because they hated him because he was rich, yeah, turns into this man losing his life. And wow, so, man. you know, get your money, right? There's so much go like, yeah, you might see these teeth, but understand this was an investment, this was a write off from my company, this wasn't about like. It's attractive, right? Like, oh, look, he got a gold teeth. He got a great oh, this is time, bro. Yeah, breaking it down. Like, I'm gonna get my taxes back on this because for me, it's not about the teeth. It's gonna get your attention, but it's about my brand. It's about my company. It's about me being able to distinguish me as a human being and me being able to sell you an experience, right? Yeah. And what's not gonna happen is I'm not gonna sit up there and just indulge in something and not know what the cost of it is because gold, guess what? You can invest in that. You can go and buy gold and gold is more respected around the world than the, the, the United States dollar is like, yep. you want to keep it 100. Yeah. Talking about the difference between you being able to go to Dubai and pull out a gold coin and you point out a hundred dollar bill. Like they going to respect the gold coin way before they respect the hundred dollar bill. Global. Any country, they going to want that gold. Global, yeah. Ah, that's funny money at the end of the day. We come from the city, man. It's the the gold rush city here. So we understand gold here, you know, 49ers. I mean, go digging, you feel me? (laughs) Man, yeah. These are the conversations that schools should be having, you know? Like, I think of, like, as I'm hearing this, I'm like, yo, and coming from working at schools, I'm like, what if these were actual classes that you learn in high school? You know, why are we learning these things? And I know I, I, I'm that guy. I'm always repeat uh, these things because I feel like it's a reminder. And that's why today was so important and having an entrepreneur in that space and talking to the kids about it. Cause you know, he comes from the soil. Um, he understands he's walked around these streets. And a lot of times these kids look at themselves and they don't see that in themselves. So um, yeah, it's our responsibility, man, to, you know what I'm saying? Like pass on the torch. Um, yeah, yeah. break it down even more like uh, parents or if you are a parent or you're going to be a parent and you live in the San Francisco area matter of fact if you live in any area you need to get in touch with your school district and figure out how to get involved here you go action items because I'm gonna keep it real like a lot of people and this is the other me speaking right the other me who's informed who has been in the community who's worked with families who has been impacted by all these systems, families, right? You got children, you need to advocate for your child and what you want to see in your schools, right? Like I I work at a school now, the other me has the opportunity to be in a class and teach this, but this does not happen. This is not the the norm, right? To me, to talk about financial literacy, to talk about how do you break down, like, like we talk about redlining, right? The impacts of like how the government decided that if you were a person of color, you couldn't live in certain neighborhoods. And when homes. the border runs straight down mission. And I always tell you, what happens when you go to Cap and go to Van Ness? What does it look like? Now, what happens when you go towards Valencia and Dolores? What does it look like? That's not, that's not on accident. That is by design. Anybody who's from the city can tell you, you walk one block away on mission going one way, you go towards Petrail Hill, you're going to see things turn a different, there's going to be some paint chipping. Now you go towards Valencia and you start walking the other direction, going up the hill, what you going to see? You're going to see some nice designed houses and some well manicured uh, trees. It's a, it's not, this is not an accidental thing that happened. This was designed by the government and we have reaped the unfortunate design of, of what's going on in the past. So as a parent, 
as a family member, as someone who's connected to any child or youth, you need to be at the throats of the people who are giving your children education and yeah. what it is you want them to learn so they can escape it. Because as much as I try, I still work for a nonprofit yeah. and we're, we're bound by a contract that keeps us limited to a few schools. So I can't go to every place and teach every kid about what does it mean to break the chains of like the inequities within the financial yeah. situation we all currently face. So as I'm sitting here, part of the LO fam, as we show yep. episode number three of lyrical ones, and we talk we talking about everything from you know, look at him with that man. Don't even get me started on it. <laughs> Y'all here throwing, you know, ones, what I'm ones, ones. Just episode you three. Lyrical ones hats though. Remember, remember TDE was doing that too. Oh yeah, we definitely need some LO hats. Man. The new, the new brand is strong. What's up, crap? You got any prototypes to show us? No. Yeah, yeah, we just need sponsors. That's all. Oh uh, yeah, man. Well, we just had, you know, Johnny. We just spoke to him. You know, we might have to have an offline conversation. Tap in with the man. You know, they got like literally at that store. He has like this like little mini factory uh, tailor, uh, and he hires folks that actually handcraft the items that they share. I mean, that they sell. So. Yeah, man, it's that time, entrepreneurship. I do want to, like, give you guys your flowers, bro, because I will say this. As your friends, like, you know, being around you guys, you guys are doing that. You are literally living out what you're speaking. And I'm encouraged. I, I, I don't know where that came from right now, but I just felt the need to share that with you guys that, like, I'm just I'm just sitting here and I'm like, yo, these are my friends. You know what I mean? For real. I don't want to get too yeah. uh, evil about it, but just the fact that I'm like, each word that's being shared from each one of you guys is like, yeah, I know you guys live this. You know what I mean? It's not just, you know, for, it's not uh, what do you call it? Uh, a lip service. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You already know. Yeah. It's not just yeah. lip service. So uh, yeah, man, salute, bro. Cause I think we're doing it. We, we taking the initiative right now, even through these conversations, cause these are tough conversations. You trip, uh, you go out to eat dinner. Some people feel really uncomfortable when these things come up and they get kind of weird and you start learning where the, you know, the spaces they come from. So I think 2020 is one of those years where like just everything's coming light. You know what I mean? Uh, aside from all the pain and, and trials and tribulations that we're going through, I think there's beauty in that as well, because there's light being shed, you know what I mean? Um, and we're having to see ourselves, our reflection, like anyways. Yeah. I, I, I got hit many right. different angles today, man. So nah, nah. I process you, you, everything. You right, you right on point, man. You ain't, you ain't missed the beat. Like you good. Right on, yeah, man. And yeah, I just want to celebrate y'all today too, man. Just cause uh, I'm inspired by you guys, and I mean, I'm just, I'm even thinking about like to bring it back. I know uh, we we already went through the recap of the event, but even the stuff Kirk was talking about about how a lot of folks in this time are gonna run with the movement and, you know, try to capitalize in it, you know what I mean? And make it this trendy thing, you know? And and for those that know that been frontline, we know what's happening. It's like, we, oh, okay, now they're paying attention. It's almost like an exciting time, like where, like I think Asenio, he's had like all these bars that revolve around what's going on. And now you can bring them out because at the last couple of shows, people wasn't really, they wasn't hearing it. You know what I'm saying? They were, oh, but now these bars are hitting different, you know? Right. Um, and that's what, in, in some ways, is encouraging. Because if you trip off a lot of uh, Cat's favorite artists right now, Zippo, you know what I mean? Because it, it ain't hitting the same. It ain't hitting the spirit no more. You know what I mean? You know, that was all that vanity. Eventually, it fades. So 
Cross, I'm going to need that clip with him saying that. You're going to have to hook it up one time for my future and my life because uh, I was – I mean, I've, I've been feeling that way. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I wrote a whole yeah. project. And it is about this time right now. And I'm I'm hypercritical, you know, like I'm a person who I've been about it. I've been in the front lines and now I'm trying to find my voice in other ways and learn how do I push the the the, the future? Like, you know, how do I keep it so that it's it's us moving in the right direction? Cause like Alex said it last last episode, you know when the money's coming because of who they're going to highlight, who they're going to support. Right. We talked about Starbucks last episode and mm-hmm. how they weren't, they weren't trying to be black lives matter. Right. They were trying to be like, Oh, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's keep that distant from what our brand is. Right. But in reality, like now you starting to see companies who are like, Oh, we need the black dollar. We, we know the power, right? Like we talk about uh, our, our country for those that don't know, right. The United States, what it's driven on is consumerism, right? Mm. We consume. We consume content. We consume products. We create a lot of disposable waste. So at the end of the day, right, if we consumers, some of the biggest consumers is the black community. So when you got these companies coming in and they co-opt a black face to be like, hey, we're going to put you in a commercial. Old Spice time. Guess what? Negroes won't smell good too, huh? That's what they do. So yeah. it's like, okay, we're going we gonna to try and get your dollars. What's up? What's up? So, yeah. So the thing is, like, right now we are in a space where it doesn't matter if black people consume your product anymore, right? Because it's trending, mm. right? So it looks bad on you to not follow suit, right? And and put out a post, right? Put out a release, right? Put out something, put out an advertisement, right? Whatever fits your budget, right? To say something, to acknowledge, right? The change in what's happening in the world, right? Whether that be to make Juneteenth a paid holiday or you put some spiel out there that says that, you know, other people matter too or black people matter too or like, like black is trending right now, mm. right? And so it's interesting because we went from Black Lives Matter to right, Black Lives are trending, right? So right, while while black is trending, we need to make our our demands clear at the local level because that redlining, all the, what that means is that they will literally remove a group of people out of a district so that what happens in the district that they were in benefits the people that are still in the district while what's happening in the new district that they've been moved to is not as beneficial for them, right? So if you've been moved from District 5 to District 6, right, you didn't see changes in your life that you wasn't even aware that was happening because of redlining. So when you got people say, well, it's like being at a, like a, like at a private school versus a public school, mm. right? Or a public school versus a charter school where you have parents involved, you have what are called boosters where they, they're giving money, right? So if you're in a district where people vote for the, the supervisor that's going to 
make changes that benefit their district, right? They're going to do so from the loudest voices, right? And by loud, I mean loud with their money, right? Because what they want is that platform. And so to keep that platform, right, they're going to do what the people voted for them say. But if you're not voting, then they're not going to listen to you and what you're saying, right? So you either vote at the, at the ballot box or you vote with your dollars, right? So every, every business that, that comes in, right, has to go through the city's permission first, right? So if you want to put a restaurant in, right, or if you want to put, put uh, a yoga studio, right, it's got to get approved, especially if it's in a, it's a, in a housing building like these apartments that's in the SOMA. Right, so it's got to go through approval, and there's town hall meetings that happen that some people show up to and say, "We want this to be there," or "We don't want this to be there," or "Let's talk about it." But the conversations happen, but you got to go look at those papers where they look like it's construction or look like the building is closed. Those white papers, and it'll say that the meeting is happening at this time. You got to read and say when it's happening, and you got to show up to those meetings. Because then you can say your piece on whether you want to be there or not. And if you got an argument, you get a chance to let it be heard, and then maybe people will jump on board with you. But what happens is when they do that redlining and they and they cut some people out, is because they they want to make things better, or they want to make things worse, depending on who's moving in and who's moving out of a spot. And so, if you moved into a district and you didn't know you was in that district then you will vote for somebody who don't, that you don't know and you don't know if they have their, your interests at heart. Hmm. And they're not going to know, and they're not going to know who you are because you ain't showing up to where they had their meetings or you ain't voted for them or, and they won't know you by individual, individually, they may know you by your demographic, right? And how you're affected, right? So if the demographic and your group, right, votes together, right, then then your voice will be heard, right? So it's the same thing with your dollar, right? Those are still fireworks. Those are still fireworks. Um, yeah, it's a party outside. Um, happy Juneteenth, happy Juneteenth, y'all. Um, never, never wait, never wait two years to be free. Never wait one year to be free. If you got a chance to be free, you know you're not free whether it's in a job or in a relationship um, or wherever you are in your life, if you're feeling trapped, don't, don't, don't wait two years to be free. Sign your own address, sign your own Gettysburg address, sign your own emancipation proclamation, yeah. right? And, and get out the box. Hey, relationships are difficult though, man. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> You know what? You know. You know what? You know what? Like life is difficult. Relating to yourself, that relationship is difficult. Relating to yourself, some people will relating to yourself is so hard that they will people will spend a lifetime relating to everybody else before they get to know who they are. Damn. That's how. That's how. That's how hard relating to yourself is. That kind of that hit me, man. That that did a little twist and turn there. I needed to hear that, but damn. Yikes. You will get to know get to know everybody else but yourself because relating to yourself is so difficult. I'm looking at the man. 
and Amir. Yeah. Uh him to change his ways and no message could have been any clearer. If you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and make a change. My cross hit the hit the, the guy at the, at the club. <laughs> That robot, don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a great reminder. For real, for real. Um, I, don't, I don't mean to taint it because I don't I – mean, I'm not thinking too well. But uh, <laughs> I knew you had something to say. <laughs> I was going to say that the, the first and greatest victory is to conquer yourself. To be conquered by yourself is, of all things, most shameful and vile. Word. Damn, what's that Right, like that's that's thousands of years old from a from a true philosopher, right? Who goes down in the hell, you know, the halls of time. But you know what Alex says is true. Like the relationship with yourself is the first and most vital relationship you could ever have. Like, don't ever like dismiss and minimize your value and your love of self. Like that comes first. You can't, you don't have nothing to stand on if you don't build your own foundation, right? Mm. You can't. Lean on you if you don't have a strong foundation that you built. You can't give to another person if you don't give to you first. Yeah. You don't even know what you're giving them. You might be giving them poison, but you got to try it yourself. Yeah, right? solid foundation. Because if build on sand, you're gonna sink. I'm all about self love. You see this right here? It's all about self love. Yeah, man. Talk your heart. Paramount, right? Like if we don't, if we don't know how to love ourselves, how can you truly love someone else? If you don't know your love language, which I want to get on a whole nother topic. There's like a whole book on that, right? The the five love languages. Oh, we should, we should bust that out. We should bust that out one, one, one episode. So, <laughs> so, okay. So line ideas for new episodes. Okay. Got to do financial literacy. I'm taking notes. Right. By the way. Yeah. 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 We got to, we got to do on, you know, on, on building a budget, on getting out of debt, or you know, managing debt, you know, relationship with that, um, relationship with food and nutrition, right? Relationship with yourself, right? Love languages, right? Because love language is not just about right your relationship with a partner or somebody romantic. It's also about your relationship with self, how you give and receive love, right? Like and, and making sure that the people around you, right, are meeting your needs and not feeling selfish, right? To ask for what you need, right? And that's, and that's why we need another episode to talk about that. Oh yeah, we gotta dig deep. Because right now, because right now you got a lot of people, right? Getting questions about how you doing? How you feeling? How you doing? How you feeling? How you feeling with things going on these days? Wow. You know, yeah, like, what is your take? What is your take? What is, Right, right. What is your what is your take on the protests? What is your take on the riots? What is your take on the looters? What is your take on Juneteenth? Like, what do you know about this? What do you know about that? Mm. And you don't have to. You don't have to answer those if you don't want to. Yeah. Like we like we said in the first episode, right? We got we got we got we got Cineo who's who's ready for you, but the but the but the thing is, Cineo knows what invigorates him. What what motivates him and what he's driven to do, what he's called to do, 
in terms of supporting people and answering questions because he has a foresight on how that's helping things and how that's helping what he does on a daily basis, how that's helping his purpose. And that's why he, he has a space open to take care of those questions. Yeah. I say, know your capacity, know your limits. Be comfortable with your limits. Be comfortable with your capacity, right? Like, you can't win a race if you burn out. And people too often want to push themselves to the limit and not understand that you need to push your limit, not break your limit, right? You break your limit, well, now you're broken. You need to be fixed. You need to be healed. And you got I, special guests. You said, well, are you still on the thing? Yeah, man. Ramizi, you know, we're here. Uh, lyrical ones. Okay. You, you, the people right, is hearing you, man. Just tap it in. Just say thank you. What's up? What's up with it, man? Thank you all for your leadership and all of that. I just want to, you know, say that that was beautiful. The kids hitting me up. I was like, oh, that was sick. That was sick. Yeah. No, straight up. Um, we were just discussing, like, how important it was to have, like, Johnny jump on there. And I was saying how you, you brought that together, bro. Um, yeah, man, it was powerful. It was much needed. It takes a tribe. So, yeah, salute to you, bro. For real, for real. You know, we play, we play positions. But, yeah, to, 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 to have him, like, just come in there and fit his game. So, what I got from everything, this is what, I, what we tell the youth, too, that everyone ain't finna give you the answers. You got to find your own answers. You got to open up the book. You got to read your own Bible, Quran, whatever it is. You got you to gotta find the answers for yourself. Wow. And that's, and that's 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 the game, bro. Yeah. Game of life is you learn the shit on your own. <laughs> and if someone along the way is willing to give you that gem, you're lucky to shine right then and there. Like, that's why uh, that's why pocket picks of jewels handed down to an innocent child. Mm. Chopping pockets, man. Wanted to, Rami, I just man. wanted to give him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but that's that's but that's that's what it was. So everyone wants to know how you do this, how you do that. Hey man, sometimes you just gotta find out. Yeah. Salute. Right, easy, right, easy. Tell him, man. Sometimes it don't happen in the ballroom. Sometimes you never make it to the ballroom. Sometimes it happened on the corner, and they give you the game. Right. That's right. That's right. All of that. Like, we just lucky to have people that's willing to give it to us. But you know what? I think it's always been given to us. We just didn't listen. Hey, tell that. Say that. That part. We like Forty said. We weren't listening fast enough sometimes. You know? Yeah. <laughs> hey, Ramo, you have no idea how, like, literally the timing, synchronicity, all that, you jumped on the subject matter that we were just discussing. So, yeah, bro, uh, we, we need to get you on the show. I already had told them originally to stay on the line. Um, yeah, I had to go get dinner for the fam, bro. But yeah, yeah, I just wanted to tap in with you and family. You know, the great, uh, great LO folks, man. I just wanted to say thank you, man. That's all. For sure, bro. Well, you made it. Thank you for... Uh, Hey, bro, this is my big bro. This is the reason I'm I'm still maintaining in this work, man. So salute to you, Ramo. You, you uh, Yeah. Hey, Episode hey, three. Salute, sal salute Rhymeezy, man. It's it's real it's real love out here, man. Hold your hold your mantle high, man. Hold that hold that crown high, man. We we appreciate how how you look out for, for bruh. That's that's we know we know that's we know that's we know that's real love, man. Receive that, man. Take that in. We appreciate you, man. I am, I am. But uh, uh, thank y'all, but you know, it's still a village, man, at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Like, if we in this work together, bro, if we 
if we act accordingly and be the same, but they can't stop the general, man. So we hey. still gotta love you, bro. We love you. Love you, love you, Mo. Love all y'all, man. Uh, I'm tapping into it. means we love you, bro. Love you. It's love all... you, Mo, man. Peace, peace, bro. All right. Peace, peace, y'all. How's Ron Easy? You know what I'm saying? Special guest, you know, just came in. Uh, yeah, dude. You already know, man. This man right here, like literally back to what I was saying earlier, folks that live it, literally lives it. Now, I had this conversation with lives it, man. You see all them kids that were sticking around in the chat? All of them have been impacted by Ron Easy, bro. Straight up. They was deep. They were so deep in the chat. Unk. That's Unk. They were. They was they was so they were so deep after the show was over. I had just had to wait. I just had to wait. I had to turn turn my mic off. So I just had to sit it out and just say, let me wait. Let me see when this show's gonna be over. Let me see when we go start this this episode, that's, man. That's when everybody when we put them <laughs> in this table and chairs and people still kicking yeah. the chair. That's what that is. We chose yeah. to the chairs and tables yeah. and, and like, hey y'all, and then conversation cross is being nice. Right, cross don't want to tell nobody to get out. They are, we all putting away chairs and everything, and they just standing there talking and in the vibe and the mood. And cross don't want to say we got to get out because the the venue got to close. That time, <laughs> <laughs> to pay extra for the space. <laughs> go night night here. The blanket here's a pillow. Go take your butt to bed. Okay, <laughs> we ain't got time for that right now. Okay, I appreciate yeah. it. It's important, but you know what's even more important? You leaving. That'll be great support. The, right. The hangout is not in the budget. The hangout is not in the budget. Oh, sorry. So we in a difficult spot, ain't we? <laughs> that part, man. Well, I can't wait to – I don't know what it's going to look like. Y'all seen the Chappelle show, um, The Last Stand-Up, and it feels like he was giving us a glimpse of what it's going to be looking like at these shows. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, man, we may have to tap in with some medical folks and what are we, I'm serious, we're gonna have to do the temperature check and a spread zone, like whatever it's gonna look like, we're gonna have so bubble, yeah. Now, what's gonna need to happen is we're gonna have to come with our own seating plan to show Mm. that we are in compliance with the state mandate or the local mandate so that we can so that we can do a show because the mandates are there and they're going to give us stipulations and policy on how you know you can hold a, host a concert how you can you know have this or that and we're going to have to say that we are aware and this is what we're doing um we have ppe for people if they need it right we have hand sanitizer we have gloves we went through gloves we have we went through this process to sanitize, you know, the space and the equipment, right? And if we have multiple shows or whatever we're gonna do, right? So we gonna have gonna have to either use the space that you know the spaces that we have access to already, so we don't have to kind of you know move out because regardless things are gonna be small, and like it's okay that things are small, but also we want to look at open air places, especially now that some of the parks are starting to open. This is kind of our time to see if we can, you know, figure something out and put something together. They're using that um, that washable uh, spray paint on the grass to do circles. Word, word. Um, we can do that to, like, put people on a lawn and keep them separate from each other. Um, 
and we'll just have to limit it to a certain amount of people. Um, but it's ter po totally possible. Um, I think Presida Park, I was just over there and they got circles on the grass um, over there um, just for people to hang out. You know, it's no, no nothing happening over there. Um, but I also will probably be announcing, probably be, be announcing um, outdoor fitness classes soon. So yeah, okay. we're about, we, we about to bring it back. People need that. By the way, I knew you was at Presida because my director was like, hey, I think I saw one of the members from your crew because uh, you was rocking a mask. So, man, <laughs> I was like, you should have said what's up. <laughs> so, yeah, man. Hello. You know, it's a trip. Uh, yeah. Cross the mass works. Mass works, man. Salute to you, bro. People seeing it from a mile away. You yeah. was training somebody out there, bro? You was a person, you know, getting. No, I, was, I was hanging out having lunch. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. You can get some sunshine. Yeah. I need it. I mean, I've been doing better now with going to the park and taking my walks, you know, hitting up Land's End. Oh, yeah, yeah. Look at Cross. He just, man, a few words. He just, he just going to show it to you. Man about action right there. Yeah. About action. He just I'm going to have to get, I'm going to have to get a few extra masks. Yeah, same, bro. We're going to have different we colors. Got like 50, we got like 50 more. Okay. For sure. Real, I need to get mine. Get my LO mask on. Protect myself in these streets. You know. Hey, uh, I'm just going to throw it up there. Nothing set in stone. But next Friday, speaking of uh, social gatherings and things of that nature, I want to shoot a music video with my young hitter, Della. Uh, the song's titled Up All Night. And there's a scene in which I want to gather my folks uh, at a parking lot so there, there could be a safe way and where, you know, back in the day uh, where folks used to, you know, pull up at a parking lot with their cars. Uh, I believe there's a term for that in rap. Um, but uh, yeah, y'all pull up. We want to do like, you know what I'm saying? Have the cars kind of like rounded up and, and then we just do a, you know what I'm saying? Rapper hands and song uh, two-step. Yeah. <laughs> no? Uh, but yeah, I, I'll keep y'all posted on that. Uh, but I, I'm I'm trying to schedule that in and picking a cool location. And I think we could do it in a safe way where everyone feels comfortable. For yeah. sure. And it would be it would mean the world to me if y'all could pull up. Yeah. Cool, cool, man. But anyways, final thoughts. I know we pushing. You know, we could go on for days, and that's what makes this thing really special. But I am running a room in which a lady upstairs begins to say certain comments at times, even though it's Friday night, but well, I won't get into the details. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, final thoughts, man. Uh, you know what I'm saying? As we, as we come through a closure. Um, shout out to the uh, black owned banks out here on the West Coast, like One United, One United Bank. Um, you know, move your money to the people that care about you. That's all I'm saying, because, you know, the banks make money by you keeping your money in in a bank. Yep. Um, they use your money to get more money. Yep. Um, so think about that when you think about how you hold your money and where you hold it and, you know, the services that you get. Um, My street box. And what you may be, what you may be used to I'll say that used to as far as customer service may not be the best you can get. 
think about leveling up your standards and all and all things in your life because um, there's more for us um, just know that there's more for us but we have to be intentional about seeking it and I'm here to tell you as I've been blessed to move around a little bit um, that there's more to see and if you ain't seen it yet I'm here to tell you that there's more to do as well no, I mean, as far as as far as uh, I'm concerned right now, my final thoughts is, you know, this was this was another one. This was great. Like, you know, this was kind of a, a great transition. We go from doing an event into doing a podcast, and you know, I think that uh, you know, this was kind of the way to do it in a sense. I like how the the energy kind of shifts from us being on to now we get to kind of decompress and reflect. And we get to kind of go on to the social commentary of what's going on in the world. And to, you know, you know, piggyback off what Alex said, like black owned businesses, like get to know them, get to find out, make, make the trip to support those that are black owned. Because, you know, when we, when we talk about the data and the stats, right? Like the highest turnover rates of businesses that fail are black owned businesses. Mm. And I mean, when we think about the entertainment industry and we take, we think about like, what is the most exported good from the United States is music. Like we are the, we are the backbread of entertainment out here and we are the backbone. We are the, we the whole skeletal system. We the body of it. And when you think about how many black people own it, mm. they so it's not that we don't, we, we, you know, like even taking it back to further in the conversation, when we talk about when it's trendy to be black and right now it's trendy to be black. It, I mean, for the companies, it's trending to be black. Mm. Black, you a trendsetter. Like, understand the difference, right? Like, right. Black, you set the trend, right? You set the standard, and we are at the forefront of everything when it comes to to innovation, change, creativity. Like, that is that's who we are. That's what we do. And supporting black businesses helps ensure that there is that freedom and that chance to grow that those trends, those innovations, and to have that creative stance be even more present when you go into a black business and you spend that money. That yeah, part. And I just, I just want to add to that. And it breaks the cycle of things being taken from black people. Breaks the cycle. You right on with that one. Yeah. Beautiful. Cross. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I co-sign everything y'all said. Um, thank y'all for being on Lyrical Ones. And um, happy Juneteenth. And speaking of Juneteenth, here is some bonus footage and a bonus session from Kirk Davis explaining what Juneteenth is. Yo, that's fire. You're going to have to edit that, that like, legit. You're going to have to wrap it up. Peace. You don't have to, yeah. That's gonna be a thing, bro. You, you, you foreshadowed. This is gonna be a thing. We um, do from here on out. No, straight up. We are gonna have to. But our next speaker, our uh, special speaker here is uh, Kirk Davis, and I'm gonna do a introduction here. Kirk Davis was born and raised in San Francisco. He's glad to say he is a product of Mission High School. Kirk Davis is a program manager at YCD. In 1998, he became a youth pastor at Providence Baptist Church and joined Young Life, parachurch, young serving organization. He was area director in the southwest sector of San Francisco, Bayview, Hunters Point. 
He has also been an assistant chaplain at the Juvenile Hall Youth Detention in San Francisco. He was the founder of the Street Survivors, a ministry that helps kids deal with post-traumatic stress with the help of his wife. He ran an after-school tutorial program and summer day camp. He grew to over 100 kids in the Bayview Hunters Point. He's been a recipient of the KQED Essence of Excellence Award in 2005 and a recipient of the Black Educators of the Year Award in 2003 and wow. other congregational, <laughs> congregational awards. In 2008, Mr. Davis stated a nonprofit organization called Rafa House Foundation, Inc., which had a program called YLDP Youth Leadership Develop Development Program, which taught life skills and did college tours yearly. For the past uh, several years, Mr. Davis has served as families and community life pastor at First uh, Presbyterian Church of Hayward. Sorry, I was in ESL. Uh, he has been married 31 years to Dennis Davis and three children, Justine Curtis and Isaiah. Without further ado, Kirk Davis. Whoa, where you get all that from, man? <laughs> the internet. You basically did my whole life. Uh, by the way, and uh, it'll be 30, I'm looking at my wife, is it 38, 35? 35 married, we've been together 39. So it's been a minute. Uh, uh, but yeah, wow, that was, a, that was a great intro, bro. Uh, thank you. Uh, I, I blame Kristen for some of this, but... Uh, First of all, let me say to a uh, brother who just spoke, Travis, man, I got to get geared up. I can't wait to come to Valencia. Uh, what, what's the cross street? What's the cross street? Um, it's, it's on, uh, tw it's between 20, it's closer to 23rd, uh, okay. 23rd and, and Valencia, yep. Okay, that's, 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 my, that's my hood in a way, because uh, I grew up, I know it doesn't look like it now, but I was choloed out when I was a kid, man. Uh, growing up in the uh, and going to Mission High School, and I think that's excellent what you're doing. Uh, maybe even uh, allowing some young men and women, uh, young 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 girls and young guys from Mission High School to come learn the arts, kind of learn manufacturing or just to look at stuff. So that's that's an amazing thing. Uh, I don't know all that was done, and I'll be honest with you, I'm trying to be careful with your time, everyone here. Um, I had to do a funeral today, and I've been on, just like you guys, I've probably been on my 17th Zoom call of the week. So uh, it's, been, it's, been a, it's been a journey. Um, for most of you guys uh, uh, who are younger than me right now, I look forward to, uh, I guess, handing off the baton in this way. I, I'm going to be 57 next month, and I look forward to working alongside you guys um, with different things. Today, of course, is Juneteenth, and a lot of different celebrations uh, have happened because of that. And I don't know uh, if y'all had already discussed Juneteenth and some of that. Have, have y'all actually used any piece of that, Figo? Yeah, we, uh, we've touched on it, but definitely, Kirk, just want to have you speak on the importance and the history behind that. Well, I don't think I could add a whole lot, but it's just really interesting um, because um, the, the Emancipation Proclamation happened in January of, of 1863, 
But the reason why we celebrate June 19th and Juneteenth, uh, uh, June 19th in 1865, um, Emancipation Proclamation happened. People began to start hiding their slaves in Texas. That's part of why uh, Texas was the last one to adopt this because they could, they could hide their slaves in Texas. Texas is a big state. Um, and they were trying to protect um, this free labor that they were getting. So I just, I just think it's interesting, um, uh, this whole thing around uh, the Juneteenth, because it's a weird way to kind of celebrate uh, because we're celebrating Texas figuring it out, you know, but it's kind of, it's just kind of interesting. So I just say to everybody here, um, keep listening, uh, keep being directed in, um, in different things. Don't believe a lot of the hype you hear. Matter of fact, I would even say, um, there's a movie that came out that George Lucas put out. It was called, um, the Empire Strikes Back. Uh, and there's going to be a time that the Empire uh, is going to strike back. They strike back with the term white blessing. They strike back with uh, different terminology around this, uh, particularly with the NFL all of a sudden wanting to be a part of this. So there's a lot of commercialization of the movement, and we got to be we got to be uh, uh, really uh, aware of what's going on. But it's as we talk about the marginalization of black bodies and black lives, it's really the marginalization of every person, uh, uh, my Native American brother, my Latino, uh, Spanish brothers. Uh, it, it's, it's all of us that this empire has been on our necks for a lot of different things. And I want to just say to all of you, um, thank you for standing with certain, the, this movement of this dehumanization, de dehumanizing of, of uh, people of color, black bodies, Spanish bodies, Asian bodies, and particularly Californians notorious for their pseudo uh, liberalism. Um, in a way, they, they want to attach themselves. And so some people are voyeurs into this movement. They want to just take pics. They want to be, you know, um, they just want to be a part of this movement because they want to feel like they're a part of something, but they ain't really down for it. So I would just say to all of us, let's be vigilant as we move forward because this country was built really on a faulty system. Uh, people will always go back to the Constitution and uh, and whether this is a Christian nation or not, but the Constitution is a faulty system because it's built on keeping white land-owning men in power. And we have to uh, be honest with that. And I would even say to my white brothers who, as well, is to keep certain white land-owning men in power. Uh, because if you look at the 1%, that is really controlling all this stuff. They're not thinking about those brothers as well. Uh, uh, my white brothers who are who are marginalized in this sense of that they don't even understand their own privilege. Uh, 
<laughs> in this in this whole thing. So I would say for us to keep remembering, keep moving forward. Uh, you guys have a beautiful, beautiful history uh, in what you're doing with uh, Lyrical Ops. And I would say this uh, in closing, um, there's this poem that Maya Angelou kind of read. It's really not a poem, but it's kind of, it kind of says, says something pretty powerful to me. It says, I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what, what you did, but people won't forget how you made them feel. And uh, Lyrical Ops and all those who are around, they'll forget some of the words. They'll forget even um, exactly how you went about doing it, but they know that you, they, they felt well in this space. And I'm thankful for uh, this beautiful space that you give. I, and I'll use this and I'll shut up with this. We don't just need safe spaces, we need brave places. Uh, this is a, a, a place or a, a space to be brave for young uh, prophetic voices that are speaking truth. And I'm thankful for those who are entrepreneurs who are pushing the envelope to speak prophetically in a sense by their work in, in this economic system that is still yet upside down as well. So let's keep moving forward. I look forward to working with you guys. I look forward to being um, a person that will push this movement. And um, I would love to see what, what God has to say next with you guys, because uh, uh, just know um, this is a, an important aspect. And I can't wait till COVID, uh, the Rona as I call it, is over because we need your voices in the marketplace, in the, in the spaces where uh, others need to hear these, these prophetic voices. So I apologize. There's fireworks all behind me because I live in the hood. <laughs> no, you're good. Same thing on this side. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, uh, but I'm just thankful for it. And you guys uh, have a lot to go uh, and, and, and do some things in a community that's so desperately needs you guys. So thankful for you guys for being here. And uh, if you guys got a chance to be on the march, uh, the leather week, I, I really want to say thank you for that. Uh, it was powerful. And it's time to for us to not let up and keep it pushing because they're going to say, okay, we gave you this and we gave you that. So we gave you Juneteenth, so it's a holiday now. They're going to do all kinds of stuff to, to remind you that you still don't have everything you asked for. Whether you like it or not, I'm gonna use this matrix. That was a big one. <laughs> use this matrix uh, analogy. We have to remember that we li we're living in a matrix. And mm. some of us need to learn how to unplug and be ready for a vigilant, both mental, emotional, and spiritual fight. So thank Amen. you guys, appreciate you. Thank you, Kurt. That was Kirk Davis. Appreciate it. Snaps. Could we ask questions? Oh, uh, you know, we, we are we are running uh, a little bit uh, short on time, but throw, throw in that question real quick. 
just because I want to honor that. Okay. Um, if there was one thing that you could say to some of the people that don't feel like they're doing enough, what would you tell them at, at this moment? Um, first of all, check your heart first, really, because sometimes when you don't think you're doing enough, I, I think uh, what happens is when you start to do, try to do more, you wind up hurting the movement sometimes. So just be careful that it's not just busy work. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes we get in the mode of that. If I'm, if I'm busy, if I keep doing, if I keep doing, it makes me feel good about me. But this is, we have to be careful that this is not a feelings movement. Because if we just do feelings, uh, we could feel good today and feel bad tomorrow and feel like we've done enough the next day. It, it, it has to go deeper than just my my feelings. And I hope I'm not offending you in saying that, but it's just that we have to be strategic and thoughtful uh, and check our emotions around because even, and I have to check myself, even in me, I have to realize the tentacles of white supremacy still lay latent in me. I'm going to say that and be honest. It lays still yet latent in me. And so every now and then when I begin to start doing something, I have to check and be like, boy, I, I didn't realize I have a lot of the empire still yet in me. And I have, wow. to, de I have to decolonize my thinking uh, and movements and check in. But you're doing that with this question. But just, just keep, keep yourself aware and check in and um, uh, find movements to, 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 to support and get under. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yes, yes, ma'am. That was Kirk Davis. Appreciate you, Kirk. Definitely got to connect with you again, bro. Appreciate you for making the time. I love what Alex said, too, about just having these themes for the next ones. Um, but I think it's really organic how we jump into it, you know, how we went from the event to this. So it's working. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. No, um, I'm just thinking about, you know, future topics. Yeah. Um, just so that because I feel like each of us has um, different knowledge yep. that we can share. Um, and so, you know, if we can get to those things, but also because if we can have more entrepreneurs show up that align with expertise or knowledge on those topics and come through to a, come through to a paradigm rise, yep. right. Then we can start to build that network, right. That new black wall street, right that's black because of its space outside of the status quo not just by you know african americans you know being involved right because i think we need to move past just black people for us by us i think we need to get to for us by us with us mm. um Damn, and i think be. and i think I think that's that's important also, um, and that that Black Wall Street, mm -hmm. just like just like the black market, right? We want it to be outside of the status quo, outside of you know corporate influence, you know, and I think we can get there by continually including you know folks into the network because we have the connections and we know people doing the work, you know, from a business standpoint, 
and we can educate, right? We have so many therapists. We so have so many executives. We have so many folks who are in the corporate world, right? Who want to build businesses, right? Outside of the job they've been working in for the last four or five years, right? Who want to work with people who are knowledgeable. They want to hire your, your youth, Bigo. They want to hire them, them folks coming out of school yeah. Right. They want to hire folks like Johnny Travis coming out of SF State. Right. But there we know how you know how it goes to live in San Francisco and watch buildings go up and not ever see the inside of those buildings. Damn. Damn, bruh. <laughs> you gonna have to quote that, man. That's the wow. So, so you know, we have to keep continue to build that network and put people on, right? And put each other on. Because, you know, we got more to do. And I think that's that's really what, you know, Juneteenth is about. It's like people elected, right, volunteer soldiers elected to march down to Texas, right, from the north. Right, they didn't, not everybody had to go, right? But he brought 2,000 soldiers down, right, to, to let people know in the south because what might have happened, what, prop, what could have happened is that they sent somebody down there and he got killed on the way. Right, so they might that might have happened a few times over you know two years, but we do know that folks didn't have to go. Right, it could have just been a thousand folks, could have just been five hundred soldiers, but they came down with two two thousand soldiers, right, to let they you know brothers and sisters know, you know that that they was free, and we are kind of in that space now, where we got to let creatives know. Like, it's it's okay that you learn different. It's okay that you process information different. It's okay that you don't regurgitate what they're giving you in school books. And it's okay that you got ideas and you got dreams and that's it's stuff that you got to get out of you, right? That's kind of like that hope of Juneteenth is like now you can get out the South. Now mm. you can go somewhere else and be black, right? And make and make and they'll now build your future. And I think the more like what's trending that black is trending means that it was America will start to look like it should have been how it should have looked in the first place. Black. Hmm. Right. How you, how you build, how you try to bring millions of people across the Atlantic ocean and then they die on the way. Right. And then you try to control them, but realize the native Americans, right. The Aboriginals in Australia, the First Peoples in Canada, right? The Afro-Americanos, yeah, right. They all came from the same place, yeah. And the, like Public Enemy, nineteen ninety-one, Fear of a Black Planet. That part. Um, Shout out to, to the Negritos in the Philippines. Oh man, for sure, for sure, for sure. Shout yeah. out to the folks in Oaxaca, man. Yeah. Um, shout out to the the big bruh. Chuck D, Chuck D, and Public Enemy. You know what I'm saying? You know what time who it taught, is. Who, who taught us a lot? Who's still teaching us with the tracks? Yeah, for real. For real. Shout out to the the flavors of love. Oh God! Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> does that mean? The stock went up and the stock went way better. <laughs> you know, Look at I, me, I'm out. I'm I like out. Look bring, at me. Look at me. I like I'm out. Bring, I like to. I like to bring balance. <laughs> 
Hey, as always, man, it's a pleasure. Episode three. I'm gonna do this one more time. Um, Dang. Yeah. Get you started. City, I'm gonna get you started. Yeah, That's for another time. Yeah, yeah. Throw up your threes. Yeah, you know the question and the answer. Um, oh yeah, we gotta do the outro. You already started. Lyrical ones. Hey, dude, you ain't make the beat yet. I know. I gotta I don't I'm gonna get on it this weekend. I'm getting on that beat. Lyrical. All right, do, 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 the, do, the sign, do the sign out. Do the sign out. All right. I go by Figo Navarro. I'm with my brother Cineo, Alex Osborne, and Cross. You've just listened to episode three of Lyrical Ones. Stay tuned for more as we bring more information your way every week. Yeah, did I mean? Shout out to SFC. You know me, F E G. Don't forget the O. You know how it go. Hello. That wasn't that dope, but you know. <laughs> you got it. It's good. <laughs> yeah, Peace, it's, it's good. <laughs> I think, I think the, I think you guys like, like, wait, hold on. Y'all like the uh, the kid that uh, when you're on a team and like he really tries to do some crazy move and he doesn't land it and you're like, bruh, that was cool though. You you tried. You like. Yes, because you live for it.